Man, I'm, I'm just so excited about what God's doing uh, in our church. We have um, this week, and you'll be hearing more about it as, as the message goes on, but this week we just started seeing God do all kinds of miracles. It's like stuff just started springing up. And so uh, we said, man, God, you're, you're doing something. You're, you're doing something right now. And uh, so we just declared that Sunday, today, is going to be a day of miracles. So I, I just want to say it from the outset so you can just lean in with your faith. Whatever impossible situation that you're dealing with, whatever crisis you're facing, uh, whatever breakthrough you're needing, you came to the right place today. You came into an atmosphere that's charged with faithful Faith-filled prayers, believing that when you came into these rooms, these auditoriums, when you watch this service, that the presence of God would touch you right where you are. How many believe that? And we, we don't serve a God just of the past, of yesterday. We serve a God of today. In fact, Hebrews declares he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did miracles then, he can do miracles now. He's going to keep on doing miracles. And so some of you came in maybe for the first time like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. We need a lot right now. We need a lot. Man, we don't need a little. Man, it's just, man, I'm, I'm done with that. We need, we need a miracle-working God. God that's it. Man, I, I want a Christianity that's exciting. Um, I was speaking to uh, some young people this last week at Christ for the Nations, and it's an incredible uh, camp led by the Stagers, Youth for the Nations, awesome. And uh, I said, you know what's, what's weird is to think that we serve a God that cannot speak. Isn't that odd? Like, I, mean, it's like, I don't really believe God speaks. You worship and give your life to a God that's unable to speak to you? That's not very powerful. I mean, we serve a God that can speak. God that can move, a God that can heal, a God that can change a life, a God that can bring a lost loved one back to him, a God that can change your marriage, a God can bring breakthrough in your life and your thinking. Come on, that's, that's the God we serve. We've got to remind ourselves sometimes of the God that we serve. Man, well, I, I want to take just a couple minutes before we jump uh, into the message, and uh, I want to take uh, a, a minute just to celebrate uh, in, in our nation a huge uh, milestone, milestone towards biblical morality and the overcoming of Roe vs. Raid. We, I know personally men of God, women of God that have prayed for decades fasted and prayed and believed God uh, for revival in our nation, but really a move back towards biblical morality, in speci specifically uh, crying out to God for the unborn. And uh, we've seen over 63 million uh, abortions since Roe versus Wade. And um, they have been praying and contending. And I want to just celebrate all of the intercessors and all of the prayer warriors who have not given up, who have not backed down, who have stood and believed God. And uh, I want to say on, on the heels of that, and maybe some of you have seen some of my, my social media posts, I, I'm, I'm concerned in some ways um, because... In, in any move towards biblical morality, the church should celebrate. I also think that there is a way that you celebrate that keeps the bridge open to continue to reach people and doesn't slap people in the face. I don't know if you know this, but statistics say one in every four women have had uh, or been personally touched by an abortion. Okay, so 
when, when you post, when you celebrate, you've got to know who you're speaking to. So as a church, and I've already been criticized because I haven't said enough or said too much or whatever. I'm just going to tell you, like, all these pastors that are out there saying this and saying that, like, they, they can do whatever they want for their church. I'm just going to tell you for our church, this is supposed to be a hospital. We will never waver on biblical truth. God's heart is for the unborn. Psalm 139 says, before he, for, he, says he knit me together. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before he formed me in my mother's womb. So we believe life happens in the womb. We're never going to stray from biblical truth. But I also want you to know this, that we are not going to slap people in the face celebrating a victory that will push them away from the healing hands of Jesus and the healing hands of the church. Does that make sense? I just want to say to any women in any of our locations that have had an abortion, I want you to know we love you. We stand with you. God forgives you. And this is a community that if you need anything, that we'll come alongside with no judgment and be with you and walk this life together with you. That's what the church is supposed to be. I was thinking about this. If you wouldn't say it to the face of a woman who has walked through the, the process of an abortion, then I don't think you should post it. Okay, that's just me. Just Can I pastor you just for a second? Like, if you wouldn't say it to someone's face that has encountered that, then I think that we should just refrain from, from posting it. You can post your, we, we can celebrate because I know specifically one man of God, Lou Engle, who I don't know if he's had a meal in the last 50 years as he's fasted and prayed with his heart broken for the unborn. So we celebrate the power of God that has worked through that and the morality, the move towards morality in our government. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this, this is not a political statement, this is a biblical statement. So be careful of the algorithms of our world that will funnel you to a political stance instead of standing on biblical truth. Okay, God's heart is for the unborn. God's heart for babies and for women. I posted this. We have always as a church been a champion of women. Their voices, your calls, your anointing, your ability to lead, to transform, to, I mean, just we have always, we'll continue to do that. And we have always stood beside any mom that is in need. But I'm going to tell you this, we're doubling down on all of our efforts. We're leaning back in and all of our strategic processes and programs to make sure that if there is any mom that is worried or nervous about having a baby or any mom that cannot can wants to have a baby but cannot keep the baby that you can contact this church and you can call these people and we're going to stand beside you. I have already had this is how powerful our church is just from a couple social media posts. I've had multiple families message me and say, "Pastor, I saw your I saw your posts. If any family wants to give a kid for adoption, they feel like they cannot get any mom needs help. Our home is open." Can I tell you, that's the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the heart of God to bring people into families. I believe we're going to see an adoption movement through our church. 
Come on, I, I, God might already be stirring your heart to say, I'm going to take, take some kids into my family. And so we're going to stand beside relationally, bringing in families financially. Uh, we are working in all kinds, all kinds of different ministries to help up our efforts. As you know, we've already done this through the Dream Center, but we're taking it to another level to make sure that we stand beside. And then one, one more thought, and we'll jump into um, the message. I want to just encourage us to lead with love. So simple, right? But it's just to lead with love. As you navigate this, as you post, as you celebrate, as you're passionate about this, lead with love. I never want to post anything that excludes someone from the loving hands of Jesus. We never back down from truth, but you can coat truth and you can bathe truth in love. There's a difference between truth as a dagger and there's a difference between truth coated in love. We'll never back down from truth, but we always Always lead with love. Can we just take just one second before we move on in the service? And, and I, I want to do, do two things. And so today's going to be a little bit different because God's, God's going to move. We got, we're going we're gonna to see miracles. It's going to be awesome. Um, it, but I, I want to just, just thank God for what he's doing in our nation. I want to repent as a church, as a nation, for, for, our, for, for what's happened in our country. And then I want to pray for every woman that would ever face a challenge or uncertainty or an unfair situation, that the Holy Spirit would come alongside them and that the church of Jesus Christ would stand up and be counted and do what we're supposed to do to make sure nobody has to go through any journey alone. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus at every location, Lord, we say, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your not pulling your hand back from America, but continuing to move. Lord, we ask that this would just be a small step, Lord, towards an awakening of spirituality and biblical truth in our nation. Lord, we repent of years, Lord, where we have gone against or we have followed after our own desires or cultural relevancy. Lord, Lord, we repent from that, Lord, and we stand firmly, Lord, on biblical truth. Lord, we pray for every woman, Lord, that may feel unseen. Any woman that feels any type of shame or condemnation or feels uh, like they are uh, alone. Lord, we pray that by the help of your Holy Spirit, you would stand beside them and with them. And by the help of the church of Jesus Christ, we would not condemn, we would not push away. Lord, but we would put our arms around and our hands outstretched to be your hands and your feet in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Come on. I want you to go in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to preach for just a couple moments uh, from this thought. The day, the day of miracles. The day of miracles. Day of miracles. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. It says, now it happened on a certain day. Everybody say certain day. As he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I just want you to hear this. I'm going to say it again. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to know this for your family, for your life right now. The power of the Lord is present to heal you. It says it happened on a certain day. I, I just want you to know this. There are certain days 
that are more important than other days. I don't know if you got kids, but when they wake up on Christmas morning, they know that Christmas morning is not just like any other day. There is an expectancy in the house that this is a different type of day. I don't know if you make a big deal about birthdays in your house. We make a big deal about birthdays. When my boys wake up and it's their birthday, they know it's their birthday. Jamie's family started tradition on your birthday, you're the, you're the queen bee, which is like you're the boss. You get to boss people around for the day. And uh, so they wake up and they're like, yes, dad, go get the garbage, you know, make my bed. And, uh, they, they, like to, they like to use, but they know that day's different than any other day. Can I, can I just propose this thought to you, that at times our kids are more aware of the difference of the day than spiritual Christians recognizing that there are certain days, moments, atmospheres where God wants to do something supernatural. This is a certain day. This just isn't any other. other. When in Luke chapter 5, this is what Jesus is declaring. Now, if you read the Gospels, you'll find this. There are certain days where Jesus just wreaks havoc on the kingdom of darkness. We, we read it sequentially like this story and then this story and this story. Some of these all happen in one day. Jesus interrupting funerals, healing blind eyes, lame people getting up. It's like, then he went to bed. You know, it's like, that, that was a day. Jesus is, is just, just doing miracles, working in signs and wonders. It was, it was this, this, this week on Monday night, I was preaching at, at Youth for the Nations, and we got up and began to in worship. We just sensed God was doing something. I was supposed to preach. I never ended up preaching. I got up, and uh, Pastor Micah, he said, man, I feel like God's doing something. Will you just minister? And so I didn't even preach. We just started praying for people. And uh, young people started getting healed. We prayed for healing, and it was like abnormal amount of healing. I'm always believing God for healings, but it was like abnormal amount. Like this girl over here, she came forward to the front. She's waving her hand. I said, what happened? She said, I had scoliosis. And I came in, I couldn't straighten up, my back was hurting. I said, does it hurt now? She said, no. I said, prove it. She started jumping around, moving her back. I'm like, oh, this other girl ran up on this side. She said, I had scoliosis. She said, I came in pain. And so I said, well, can you move your back? Did, could you move your back when you came in? She said, no, I was bent over. I said, can you straighten up? She straightened up. I said, can you jump around? She started jumping around. And I said, okay, God, you're... you're See, as, as a believer, if you believe in faith... If you walk in miracles, you'll understand that there are certain days that are different than other days. There's, I'll show you this biblically in a second. There are certain days that are different than other days. So, so I just noticed, like, God's, God's doing something. Well, many of you know we have a hub of ministry in Oak Cliff called the Dream Center. We've been feeding people. We have outreach to the community. We have our mobile pregnancy center that operates out of there. And uh, God has been moving. So, But God, the Holy Spirit told me almost two years ago, he said, this property isn't big enough for what I want to do. Well, that's a big deal. If you've been to the Dream Center, it's a big building. <laughs> Multiple buildings, two city blocks. And he said, it's not big enough for what I want to do. And next to the Dream Center are two lots and another house. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me we were supposed to have that property. I said, okay. Well, we went on. We couldn't find the owner. It was, wasn't for sale. And finally, uh, we found out that the, the owner had just passed away. His daughter was managing the estate. She wanted to sell to us. We met with her, and this is what she said. She said, my mom told me not to sell it to anybody until the pastor called. 
And it was that very day that our realtor called and said that we wanted to meet. Well, we believed that we were supposed to have it, and then she decided to sell to the investors. I know, kind of bait and switch there. It's like, well, yeah. So we just, we just said, okay. We just continued just to move on. Monday night, while I'm ministering, I kept on getting texts and call while I'm, while I'm on stage. And they said, she came back, and she wants to sell the property to the church. She wants to go back to the original price. She wants to sell it to the church. So I'm thinking, this is all on Monday night. People are getting healed. The miracle's happening. God's given us more, more property. So I've walked with God long enough to know this is not just an ordinary day. This is a certain day. This is a certain day. We saw the overcoming of Roe versus Wade. All of a sudden this week, I started people having people texting me. I was in the office having a meeting this week, and I was talking with Pastor Ben in Frisco. I was talking to him about miracles. I said, this, man, this is crazy. This is not an ordinary week. This is a certain week. God's doing something. Knock, knock, knock on the door. A guy comes in that doesn't work in our office. He said, I don't know why, but I feel led to, to give you a book. He said, would you read a book if I gave it to you? I said, yeah, sure. He said, stay right here. I'm going to go get it. So he goes and gets a book. He comes back. He goes, here you go. This is a, this is a book on miracles. I said, all right, something's happening. Right? Like, like all of, this, is, this is all happening in, in one week. So I went in my office, and I was praying for you, and I was praying for today. And I, I listened to an old prophetic word by Pastor Krista Smith. It's from years ago. Put it on, played, and it just happened to be at the point where she says, this church will be known for miracles. So, okay, this is not an ordinary day. This is a certain day. So we started declaring over our team, even our staff meeting, we said, who, who needs a miracle? Almost every single person, we need a miracle, we need a miracle, we need a miracle. We said, we're declaring this is a week of miracles. God began to move. We've been praying for over three years for a property in Wiley. It's one of our risks for this year. We have had zero leads Every road has been a dead end. And out of nowhere this week, we got our first lead for property for Wiley. I know they're going to be happy about that. So we're praying into it. And I, 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 all, this, all this week, this, that was yesterday. God is, God's moving. So we have to recognize in the spirit there's ordinary weeks and then there's, there's, there's certain weeks. This is what Luke 5, 17 was saying, he was saying that the, the power of God was present to heal. I, I like to say this. It's called miracle momentum. I want to just say this right now. We have miracle momentum. You just need to say this over your life and your family and your house right now. We have miracle momentum. That means that, that this could be the, the day. This is a certain day for you, not an ordinary day, not just a status quo day, not a day like it's always been day. This is a, this is a certain day. I know some of you don't believe it yet. I'm just going to declare over you, this is your certain day. This is the day that God wants to do something supernatural in and through your life. This is a, this is a certain day. It says, that, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So let's just talk about that for a second. If the power of the Lord was present to heal, that means there were times where the power of the Lord was absent. Right? Why would the scripture note that his power was present if at times there were moments where his power was absent? 
There was a special miracle momentum. Jesus was there. Jesus did miracles. But for some reason, Luke chapter 5, the scripture notes, but the power of the Lord was present to heal all who were among them. One might say that whenever Jesus was present, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Yet even in the ministry of Jesus, there seemed to be times of a greater demonstration and reception of God's healing work. So for some reason at this house, at this time, not only was Jesus there, but it says the power of the Lord was present to heal all who were among them. It was a, it was a certain day. It was a special day. It was a certain week. So if God's power can be present, that means his power can also be absent. Absent. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53, it says this. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Now listen to this. And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not, a better translation is he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Luke chapter 5, we see the power of God was present to heal all who are among them. Matthew chapter 13, we see that Jesus could not because of their lack of faith. There are two major limiters to miracle working power. The first limiter is really simple. It's lack of faith. It's just I don't believe God can or I don't believe God will. If you do not have faith... God will not move. I know many people put pressure on people like, well, you didn't have enough faith. I'm not talking about how much faith you have. I'm talking about the presence of faith. Jesus makes it very clear throughout the scriptures that you don't need perfect faith. You just need some faith. That's why the man came to Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe. Help me with my he got his miracle, and there was doubt that was present in him. So it's not about no doubt. It's not about perfect faith. It's about making sure there's a presence of some faith. i got to have some faith. So the first limiter of the miraculous power of God is the lack of faith. The second one is this, and this one's a little more sneaky. It's the presence of familiarity. It was the lack of faith, but the presence of of familiarity. Did you hear what they said about him? They said, isn't this Jesus? Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't he from Nazareth? Isn't this the car? We know him. Like, I'm amazed at what he said, but we know him. They got familiar with him. The lack of faith and the presence of familiarity will be the only things that can limit God. Well, he's God. He'll do what he wants. He'll move how God chooses to be restricted by our faith and our honor. If you don't honor him as God and you don't believe in him as able, then he will not move. If we want to see miracles, then we have to believe that he can do them, and we also have to honor him as the miracle worker. Not familiarity that says, oh, yeah, we just waltz into church and just, yeah, it's the presence of God, we're worshiping. No, no it's God. It's God. 
We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're lifting up the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. We're lifting up Jesus, the one who sacrificed his own life, died on life, died on a cross, shed his blood. So for you and I, so that we can have forgiveness of sins and walk in newness of life, that's the name we lift up. We can't get familiar with the miracle worker. People say, man, why is, why is our church so intense? Because we can't get familiar. Why are you so urgent? Because we can't get familiar. God's doing, God, this is a certain time. This is a certain day. This is a certain season. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There is no thing too hard for our God. God is able. You just got to let this sink in. God is able. God is able. God is, oh wait, so some of you wake up, you can catch it. God is able. So there's nothing that is outside his power. God is able. There's nothing outside his ability. God is able. There's nothing, out, there's nothing outside it. Isaiah 40 verse 25 says, to whom will you compare me? This is God speaking. Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. He's talking about the stars. He says, I did that. If he did that, he can do this. So, so God has power. God is able. Did you know there's not a degree of difficulty in miracles? There's not like... Raising from the dead, that's like, whoo, that's here. And then healing a migraine, that's here. It's just miracle. If, if you have all the money in the world, it, there, there's, not a, there's not a degree of affordability. Right? You, you're, you're not looking at a, at a, at a $60,000 car and a $20,000 car and saying, I can do this one but not that one if you have all the money. Well, God has all the power. So he's not looking at one miracle and saying he can't do that, and this one, I can afford this one. It's all power. So he is able. In order to have faith, you have to have the belief that he is able. You already heard it on the testimony from JT. He said, I started looking. When I started facing opposition, I started looking. How is God going to come through? What's the impossible situation, and how is God going to make his way through it? Not only is God able this is really important. God is willing. So when you, when you talk about miracles, we run into a couple different things. We run into first, we want run into this, can God do it? And for most of us, we believe God can. But then the second follow-up question that is, will God do it? So I know that God can, but how do I know that he will? Isn't that the difficult part? So I've been praying for a miracle for years, Pastor. Me too. I, there's many miracles I have prayed for that I have not seen ans God answer. There's many miracles I believe God for that I have left, been left disappointed in my own thinking and my own understanding. There are many miracles I've seen immediately. There are some miracles God does over time, and there are some miracles that God does immediately. I have found that on certain days are usually days that God does his best immediately work. So if you're looking for immediately, it's good to find God on a certain day. There's atmospheres in the supernatural. It's called, it's called momentum. 
It's called momentum. There's a momentum to the miraculous. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Now this is just right up. This is, we begin to close. This is right before Luke 5.17. Luke 5.17, when he says the power of the Lord was present to heal all who were among them, was right before the four guys broke through the roof and lowered their friend to Jesus. Okay, that was that place. That was that story. Which, I was thinking about that the other day. They had to have a lot of faith to break through the roof because they thought about getting him down, but they didn't consider how to get him back up. Like, that took some faith. They had some faith. I mean, they're just going to leave him down there? They had some faith to believe that if they got him to Jesus, because that was that moment that the power of the Lord was present to heal. Now, earlier that day, because it was a certain day, the Bible teaches us, Luke chapter 5, verse 12, says that a leper came to Jesus. I think this is wild because in, in this type of leprosy was a, what theologians would call it a living death. It was that you would just rot away until literally limbs of your body would fall off. That's why you, when you saw lepers, most of them were wrapped like mummies. And it was to actually keep their body skin intact. They just, they just rot away. They were deemed unclean. If you're a leper, you're unclean. So you had to stay at a distance from people. It's original social distancing, leper colonies. They just, you, had to keep a, you had to keep a distance from people. The leper had no doubt whatsoever about the ability of Jesus to heal. His only question was if Jesus was willing. It says Luke 5, 12, it says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, this was earlier that morning, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Stop. This is so powerful. If me or you touched a leper who was unclean, we would become unclean. It's not very often, in fact, it's impossible for something clean to touch something dirty and to make the dirty thing clean. But Jesus overcame what was pushing him away from community and from people by proving that no disease or no sin or no sin, nothing could separate people from his touch. For him to touch that man meant that he would become unclean unless he was the miracle worker. He says that he reached out and touched the man. I am willing, I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Some miracles take time. And some happen immediately. He says, I am willing. This is what Jesus says about your miracle. I am willing. He's willing. Well, you know he's able. Now, you've got to settle into the conclusion that he is also willing. This was significant because leprosy was so hopeless in the ancient world that healing a leper was compared to raising the dead. Yet this leper knew that all Jesus needed to be was willing. By both his words and his touch, Jesus showed that he was in fact willing. He showed the leopard more than his power to heal. He also showed his willing and compassionate heart to heal. It is common for people to doubt the love of God, the love of God more than his power. I know he's powerful. He can. 
but I don't know if he sees me or is acquainted with my own suffering or difficulty. I don't know if he loves me enough to do it. And in this scripture, right before, on this certain day, he says, I am willing. Miracles can happen. I just want you to know this. Maybe you believe in it, maybe not. Miracles can happen. Miracles will happen. Miracles change natural law. Miracles make impossible things possible. Miracles are within God's power. Miracles change our lives. Miracles break the power of the devil. Miracles give glory to God. Miracles are possible. They are within God's power. Miracles give glory to God. You know how they give glory to God? Because you look at your life and say, there's no way I could do this. God comes through and does it. And you say, the only way that happened is for God to do something supernatural in my life. I'm telling you, we serve a miracle-working God. This is a certain day that God sees you and he loves you. Not only does he have power, but he also has willingness. And today, I believe believe this, today we're going to see miracles. We're going to see breakthrough. I'm telling you there's people that have been walking under the power of the enemy that today that is going to be broken off your life and your mind and you are going to walk in freedom for the very first time. Depression can have no hold. Anxiety can have no hold. That stress has to release itself. That spirit of infirmity has to come off of you because today we're declaring the king of all kings is in the house is in the room and he's about to do miracles how many believe that Luke chapter 18 it's an interesting passage of scripture I love this passage of scripture Luke chapter 18 Jesus is given a parable it's a story trying to illustrate a point Jesus was a great storyteller and he gives this parable, Luke chapter 18, of what it's called in your Bible, the persistent widow. So many people are like, well, how do I get a miracle? I want a miracle. How do I get it? Well, you got to have faith. That's one of it. One of the, one of the key components. And you got to have honor, not familiarity. Right? So, so we have those things. But how do, I, how do I see a miracle? I prayed once when I was 13. That's good. Now let me just show you what Jesus said. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Okay, so we could just stop right there if we wanted and just said, Jesus gave us the clue on how to pray. He said we should pray and not give up. Does that mean pray once? No. Does that mean pray for 30 seconds, pray for a day? Pray until the situation's too bad for you to believe that God can do anything about it. No, it's just pray, pray, pray. It says he said in a certain town, oh, that's interesting, it was a certain town. Just like it was a certain day, just happened to be a certain town. There was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, listen to this, God is equating himself with the evil judge, and he's equating us with the persistent widow. Finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, 
I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, this is Jesus telling the story. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. To those who cry out to him day and night. That is a picture of persistent prayer that most people don't want to step into. I want to receive miracle momentum, but I don't want day and night prayer. I want to receive my miracle moment, but I don't want to have to pray about it for years. I'm going to tell you this. You might have to pray about it for years. You might just need one prayer today. But regardless, the miracle is possible because God is able and God is willing. And then we pray until that promise meets our reality. Pray day and night until you see your answer. And will not God bring about justice? First chosen ones who cry to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Oh, I like that word, quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will God find faith on the earth? Or let me say this, will God find faith in you? I know you want a miracle. I know you need a miracle. Will God find faith in your heart? Will God find faith? Will he find faith in our church right now? Will he find faith in our families right now? There's a city that needs to know him. There's a, a state, a region that needs to know him. But we need a church that's full of faith. We, we need signs and wonders and miracles again. We need not just wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that men might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. That's in your Bible. We need a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I just, I just kind of like safe church. Well, we don't live in a safe world, so we can't have a safe church. We have to have a church full of faith. We have to have a church full of power. We have to have a, a church full of demonstration. And we need people full of faith so that we see often the miracles of God's mighty hand working on our behalf. Pastor, I could use a miracle where God's in the house. And he's able and he is willing. Miracles are for today. Miracles are for you. And miracles can happen right now. Miracles are for today. Miracles are for me. And miracles can happen right now. Would you stand up with me all across this place? I felt all week in my heart that God wanted to do miracles today. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God. At every location we have prayer teams that are ready. We're going to believe God for miracles. I know so many of you and even as we've been posting about this, some of you have been messaging me about things that you've been praying for and contending for. Miracles that you need. Financial miracles. Some of you like mental miracles. Healing in your mind. Some of you healing from past traumas. and Some of you just need your faith reawakened. I mean, just all kinds of things represented. And God is able and he is willing. What if this is your certain day? 
I know some of you are like, well, I don't know. You know, I've been praying for a long time. If you keep on thinking like that, you're going to keep on waiting like that. Some, at some moment, you've got to shift into faith that says, no, I'm looking for it today. I'm looking for it. Is, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Is my miracle today? The moment you stop looking for it is the moment that you'll never find it. But when we pray like Jesus tells us to pray, I will pray and not give up. I will pray night and day. That means this. I will ask and keep on asking. I will seek and keep on seeking. I will knock and keep on knocking. I am going to continue to throw those, these requests before God because God is my source. God is my answer. God is my strength. For too many other people, we run to other things. Oh, yeah, I prayed once, and now i got to go do this. No, God's the answer. And we look to him as such. Last scripture, we're done. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Jesus, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me, what did Jesus come to do? To proclaim good news to the poor, a miracle of good news. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. If you are not experiencing 100% freedom, you need a miracle. And this is what Jesus came to do, to make sure that you had freedom. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love this. It's like the original mic drop. It says, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. <laughs> Theologians will tell you that there was one chair in the synagogue that no one ever sat in because it was the chair that was reserved for the Messiah. Most theologians believe that when Jesus finished reading the scroll, he didn't go back to his original seat. He went to the seat of the Messiah, and he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And he sat down. That was scary. It's all right, guys. I caught it. And he sat down in their presence. He said, this has been fulfilled. He sat down in the seat that had been vacant for generation upon generation, that they were waiting for the Messiah. He said, no, there is now one who has come, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon. And he has come to proclaim good news to the captives, freedom to those who are in bondage, sight to those who are blind, and the year of the favor of the Lord. Friends, this is miracle season. And we can stand back and say, well, I don't know if it is or not. Or you can say, I'm taking my miracle season today. That's what we're going to do. I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. All across every single campus. I feel the presence of God in this room. God wants to heal. God wants to set free. I felt this so strong this morning is that some people, you have, you have been oppressed by the devil. There's a strong words to use, I know. You've been literally oppressed by the devil. And today, Jesus is going to set you free. Got good news for you, Jesus is not threatened by the devil. When the light comes on, the darkness leaves. Some of you have been battling with oppression. And today, the Spirit of God is going to set you free.